This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Monday afternoon. We are live on location. Another day down at the Calgary Stampede right here on Midway, uh, right on the Midway rather, right next to the Homes by Abbey Dream Home. Hopefully you've had a chance to come by and wander through the Dream Home, a beautiful Dream Home this year. And you know what? I tell you what a difference a few days makes. Because on Friday when we were here melting today, as you heard with John Hempy right now, it's 20 degrees. And it looks like a beautiful afternoon. And every now and then we get a huge burst of sunshine. So if you are coming down to the grounds, don't be fooled thinking, oh, yeah, we had the rain earlier today. It's going to be cool. Why bother with the sunscreen? No, wear the sunscreen because a couple of times while I've been down here in the last hour, it has been extremely warm and you can feel that. So just wanted to give you the heads up. We're here pretty much the whole week except for Friday because we have a football game. We'll get to more of those details later on in the week. Right now, though, want to pose a question to you. What if today, immediately today, we were able to stop emitting all greenhouse gases? Right now, would we stop climate change? My next guest has the answer to that. Richard Rood, professor of climate and space sciences and engineering, University of Michigan, joins us today. Hello, Professor Rood. Hello. It's exciting to be at the Calgary Stampede. Well, you know, it would be even more exciting if you were sitting right here beside me and watching all the people wander around the Midway. But it is a hoot. This uh, is always a great party for us every year. Richard, I haven't had a chance to talk about climate change in a while. And it's it's a divisive topic. So I, I'm glad when I read your column, I thought, let's, let's bring on Richard and talk about it in a, a different light, I would say. Because I love the question that you posed, the idea of... If we could right now somehow stop emitting all greenhouse gases, could we stop climate change? I've got a half hour with you, so I don't want the question to be too short, the answer to be too short. But but, but what's your answer? Um, well, of course, this is a sort of thought experiment that scientists sometimes do. And the reason we do it is to help us think about, um, you know, what, what is happening in the potential policy options and the like. So, you know, it would require stopping absolutely everything that we do to change the climate. And if we did that, we could maybe stop the excess warming. But the climate, the air temperature, what we usually measure, would continue um, to go up for a few decades because most of the heat that we've been accumulating over the last century or so is going into the ocean and it's melting ice and so it would still be required for that to become to equilibrium with the atmosphere so even if we we just stop there's still an adjustment that will lead to more warming of the air and, and so, I mean, uh, that's an interesting uh, thought that you've got to, because as we talk about whether it be the Paris Climate Accord, the Climate Change Accord, th- this is the, the goal is to be able to uh, not stop it, but to reduce it. And have we come to the point, though, that we can agree the climate is changing? Oh, I think that... Um you know, from a scientist's perspective and from many politicians' perspective, um, it's very clear that the climate is changing. One of the things that's been interesting in the United States is the 
as the political discourse has changed over over the, the last few years has been more and more of this idea of the oh yes we the climate is changing but we can't figure out what's causing it yet and it's it's really quite clear at this point that the primary the primary thing that is forcing this change is the additional greenhouse gases um, we're also making changes in the land and the land use um, which, which has contributions but what's driving it and what will be sticking around with us for centuries um, is what's going on with the greenhouse gases and Richard, even when I say, is the climate changing? I mean, it sounds like a silly question, but I, I, we, for a while we call it global warming. And then mm-hmm. we said, well, no, not warming. Let's call it changing. So when I even pose that to you, is the climate changing? Are we seeing it always going up? Or when we talk about change, do we also see the climate go down and up? Is there, is there equal down as much as up, or is it always on the way up? So over the last 20 to 30 years that I've thought about this, this sort of language between global warming and climate change um, has, has changed itself. It moves back and forth. When you say global warming, it tells you that there is a, a, a signal. And, and it's, a, it's too simple a statement to say that's just global warming because when you say that, then you mean that the average air temperature of the earth is going up mm-hmm. and if you look on time scales of 10 years or so then then the average air temperature of the whole globe is in fact um, continuing to to sort of rise and it's going to keep rising um, you you were describing how the weather had changed there um, from being very warm last week to being more comfortable today. So there's always weather and climate variability, and especially in a place that's getting up towards the poles, um, you see a lot of variability, and there's some evidence we might even see more variability, such that there will be sort of short regional bursts of cold air in places that are not as used to it as as there's more mixing of the polar air. But if you look on average, if you look on a time scale of 10 years or, or so, um, it's got that trend of warming. Um, there is a lot of climate variability um, as well, and that does make it more difficult, one, to communicate, but it also makes it more difficult to extract that signal from that noise um, associated with the variability. Yeah, and that's why I'm glad you clarified that, because in the early days of global warming, and then we'd have an area that it was really cold, and skeptics would say, oh, so much for global warming. So I'm glad you talked more about the overall average air temperature. Now go back to the other big debate, because it around climate change, it has been what is causing it. And you said it the primary cause is the greenhouse gases. However, we still are looking at... So who's creating all the greenhouse gases? What is creating all the greenhouse gases? Is this the other part of the, the question as far as before we start or while we try to make changes, we've got to figure out who is behind or what is behind the changes? Does that make sense? Well, so the, the what behind it is primarily the combustion of fossil fuels, um, coal, um, oil and natural gas. So that's the what's behind yep. it. And, and that has been postulated 
um, for almost a, a century, for order of a century, and in the research into into the effects of greenhouse gas warming has been going on longer than I've been alive, so it's been going on a fair number of decades. Uh, the the other question about who is one that's you know more politically oriented um, in the previous decades um, the united states has been the number one emitter china has recently moved to being the number one emitter um, the developed world canada the united states australia europe has historically uh, been the the major emitters um, some of the economies are more efficient than others. Um, historically, Canada, Australia, and the United States have been considered sort of inefficient economies. And so those, the, the, those ideas of who is responsible in the past and the relative roles of efficiencies of burning fossil fuels, um, these are a lot of the questions, some of which are, are ethical questions, some of which are economic uh, questions that um, complicate, I would say, the negotiations on how to deal with the problem. But the what, the, the need to reduce emissions from burning um, is, is you know, undoubtable at this point. And many nations, um, the United States is sort of oddly right now um, out, of, out of step with the rest of the world. Many nations, without regard to this question of, of who is responsible and who should be paying, many nations realize the, both the enormous aspect of the problem and the economic benefit of doing something about it. So they're very aggressively moving to renewable energy um, in order to displace or remove um, the, the carbon dioxide emissions. Richard, great. I wanted to set it up that way as far as the age-old arguments that we've had. Coming up after the break, though, the importance of, of tackling this and why we've got to do this so that we are ahead of the game as we do see changes in our climate. Richard Rood is a professor of climate and space sciences and engineering, University of Michigan. I'm Angela Cocott, live on location at the Stampede. We are back after this. And we are talking about climate change, 403-974-8255. My guest uh, has written a, an interesting article in theconversation.com, Richard Rood, Professor of Climate and Space Sciences and Engineering, University of Michigan. The whole idea that even if we stopped emitting greenhouse gases right now, our climate would still warm up. Uh, and Richard, maybe again for people who are just joining us, because it is such a contentious topic whenever I talk about climate change, can you again explain why, even if we were somehow to be able to stop all greenhouse gases, which we know is impossible, but the idea of the, the Earth would continue to warm up? Yes, uh, the, the air temperature, the, in, the temperature of the surface of the Earth would continue to warm, and the primary reason for that would be coming in to balance with the heat that's already been stored in the ocean. Most of the warming that has occurred has been going to heating the ocean and melting ice. And so as, as we would turn things off, there would still be warming as the heat, say, comes back out of the ocean and, and we get to this, this new balance. When we talk about the Paris Climate Accord or the, uh, the agreement in Paris that, yes, 
Donald Trump has been the one of the G20 who's saying he's not going to go along with it, though. What is the ultimate goal when it comes to where we're seeing the temperature rise? What, what are they hoping to achieve? So the commitment to in Paris was to limit the global average temperature from rising, uh, well, to, to limit it at 2 degrees centigrade um, relative to what we would call the pre-industrial or prior to the Industrial Revolution, so sometime, say, between 1750 and 1850. So relative to that, to limit it to 2 degrees, that's the official voluntary uh, commitments and, and goals. And they put in an additional, um, we would call the, the ambition, was to actually limit the warming to one and a half degrees centigrade relative to that pre-industrial value. The, Is it possible? Is that possible? So, so that's one of the purposes of the thought experiment of this reducing the greenhouse gas mm -hmm. gases. And and so what I write in the article is we've already essentially made it to one degree. And so we have about a half a degree left. And so if we managed to do something like completely eliminate all of the radiative forcing, we can just barely make it at this point. And the path that we're on, even though we have um, sort of avoided a lot of emissions due to efficiency and, and renewables um, and even the transition from coal over to natural gas, even though we've avoided a lot of emissions, our emissions are still going up. So we are not on that path right now of reduced emissions. So yes, it's possible on the hairy edge if we were to, to really, really um, you know, do do something amazing and 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 cut out the sort of additional warming that that we're causing every day at this point. But then you can't discount the fact, and I've had a number of texters saying, "Wait a second, it's not just the the CO two from uh, coal and fuel, natural gas. Um, it it's also just naturally occurring." So, uh, how do you address that when people are saying, "Well, regardless of what we're doing, as far as what." man is creating, it is naturally occurring that we're seeing in the environment as well. So I, I sort of hear two things going on in that text or that comment. So there is more to the greenhouse gas warming than the combustion of fossil fuels. Mm -hmm. um, there's, the, there's the methane um, that's associated with agriculture. There's carbon dioxide emissions coming from deforestation deforesting large swaths of land in order to move to more agriculture. Um, they're industrial gases. So there, there is more to the man-made budget than just the carbon dioxide. Um, I think I also hear in the subtext there that there is um, the, the likelihood that there are other cycles, other ways that the climate variability um, might be occurring and might manifest itself. And often when people are saying that, they're going back to some idea of the ice age cycles and that there's a certain inevitability of the ice age cycles and that we don't understand them especially well. But if you were to say, look at 
what causes the ice age cycles if you were look at the the what's going on with the sun um, then um, most of that would actually be leading to cooling right now yet the planet is still warming and what we have done what humans have done we have become such a geological influence that we are releasing carbon dioxide that has essentially disrupted or intervened with the ice age cycle so if you look at the carbon dioxide record um, it's just off the chart relative to to that sort of cycle associated with the ice age so what i would say to that is if it's not a mystery that we can fail to understand if we go back and we actually can measure what's happening with the sun what's happening with carbon dioxide emissions from the ocean what's going on with volcanoes um, we actually measure all of those different ways that the climate can be forced to change and when we make that calculation and we calculate the, the energy balance we get down again to this conclusion it's carbon dioxide based warming and man-made changes we often hear about the the carbon sinks the forest and i know you talked about the deforestation but the forest and the role that they play it, is there just not enough of a balance there as far as the carbon sink then that can offset the carbon dioxide increase does that make sense so 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 the forests are a very important sink as is the ocean so we do have the problem with the forest that you know our our tendency is more in deforestation but you know there are places you can look like eastern the united states is far more forested than it was at some time ago so the forests do in fact take up carbon dioxide however if you were to do again sort of the calculation um could we solve this problem completely by adding more trees um the 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 short answer is no and there are a number of reasons for that one there's a limit um another is if you were to start planting the trees you have the issues of where do you get the you know the land but i think more important you have the the issues of how much water it would take to grow all of those trees and water is another scarce resource so this idea that we can just sort of plant our ways out of it as you start thinking about the details of that and the complexities and the interactions with the other parts of society um, there's not a magic bullet there it is an important thing to do the the other place obviously is the ocean and the oceanic sink but that's faced with the problem is that as the ocean has warmed up it potentially becomes a less efficient sink because of the the chemistry of of dissolving carbon dioxide in water so you go on to talk about the the need to eliminate our carbon dioxide emitters it, is yeah. that practical elimination of our carbon dioxide emitters or a reduction of our carbon dioxide emitters or emissions rather uh, it, it's, it's an interesting question. At Michigan, we have at uh, University of Michigan, we have a new initiative called Beyond Carbon Neutral. And the idea is that if you are going to actually eliminate the emissions, you're going to have to more than just you know be neutral you're going to have to actually start doing things that take carbon out of the atmosphere in some way or another and every year when i teach my course 
we come to the conclusion that if we're going to stay on this path we're at and with the population and the energy use, we are going to have to come up with some sort of way to actually be removing the greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. We can't just stop the production. Then ultimately, we're going to have to figure out some way that we remove them in order to limit the warming and keep it sort of manageable. Um, it's very hard to imagine any scenario where we will, you know, eliminate all the carbon dioxide and methane and mm -hmm. and, and agricultural emissions and industrial emissions, you um, know, in, in a way that, let's say, meets the goal. It's a very difficult problem to, to deal with. Richard, I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much. Thank you, and you're welcome. Richard Rood, Professor of Climate and Space Sciences and Engineering, University of Michigan. As I said, we haven't really tackled climate change for a while. I've got lots of texts coming in. Um, a lot of you still quite upset that we even suggest that we've got to look at how we can reduce. I, I know uh, Richard in his article said the idea of uh, eliminating it, but there he said it. it ultimately isn't practical. But I want to open up the phones, 403-974-8255, and I'll read a number of the texts that have come in, and we'll do that after the news brought to you by Atco Energy. Save money while you make money. Electricity and natural gas plans for your business that make sense. Call 1-844-OUR-ATCO. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.